Welcome to our podcast, Geeks We Are Your Fathers. We're three proud geek dads and we're here to talk all things technology, gaming, science fiction and more. Today is our Christmas special. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Geeks We Are Your Fathers. I'm Robbie. I'm Dave. And I'm Pete. So this is our Christmas special. It might only be early December, but people seem to have had their decorations up for weeks already. So, you know, when did you have yours up, guys? I had mine up mid-November, I think. My wife was uh, kind of like, right, you know what, it's been a bit of a rubbish year. Let's get the Christmas trees up. So we ended up going up the Christmas tree uh, barn up near us in Christmas Common. And uh, we ended up coming back with two Christmas trees and we bought a fake Christmas tree as a backup in case everything was locked down. So <laughs> we've got three trees in the house at the minute. So it's a little bit crowded. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, hey, it's that time of year and I've got lights on the house as well, you know, when uh, I can control them with my phone and stuff, as you'd expect. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that's us. I was yeah. determined not to get them up early this year. I was like, no, 1st of December, we're going to stick with the 1st of December. And then as the weeks were going on, I had the same. I was sort of had the voices, the three little voices in my ear saying, <laughs> come on, we need to get it up. We need to get it up. So eventually we we had a, a really bad week where we both had to go for a COVID test, me and Bonnie. And we had that, came back and she said, I really want to put the Christmas tree up. I thought, right, well, I'm not going to say no now. So she managed to, to get it up and then the test came back negative. So I'm, I'm putting the whole thing down to she was pretending she had COVID so we could get the Christmas tree up. <laughs> And then the week after, she wasn't happy with it. We had to go and buy a new one. Now we've got two as well, Pete. So, you know, <laughs> I think Christmas the problem anywhere. is as well, is that they won't, you know, especially a real Christmas tree, you have to keep them watered. And normally yeah. after about a month, they're kind of like looking a bit withered, aren't they? So <laughs> they're going to be up like six weeks to, eight, you know, six, seven weeks. So I don't have no idea how they're going to look on Christmas Day. We'll Christmas all have brown day. trees by Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my wife decided we normally go and get a fresh one and we get a, a, a real tree. But like you say, by the time it gets to Christmas Day, the the, some of the branches are starting to go brown. Doesn't matter how much you water the thing. So she wanted a. She had this ambition. She wanted a a Christmas shop ready tree, you know, the sort of thing you see in a display. So that she was mm. going to go all out on it. And the only way of getting a properly symmetrical tree was to actually go out and buy uh, an artificial one. And we thought it's been a long time since we bought an artificial tree, and the ones we used to buy were rubbish. So we've we've pushed the boat out a little bit, and we've got a decent tree. And you know what? You can tell. It really does make a difference. Mm. Um, yeah, and ours has been up since, I think, second week in November, something like that. Although I, I, I usually have to fight to stop the tree going up that early anyway. So <laughs> it's just business as normal in this household. Well, yeah, there's been Christmas songs and Christmas movies on our house as well since mid-November. So it's yeah. kind of like you can't escape from it. I was, I was walking, because we all work at home at the minute. Um, my co-worker is my wife. She's in the front room. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm in the front of the house and she's in the back of the house. And you go in there and she's like um, listening to a conference call. Uh, and if she's not at a conference call, she's got Christmas tunes going. <laughs> it's like, come on, it's too early. I know who you're getting yeah. a secret Santa this year then, Pete. Yeah, we're doing a house secret Santa, actually. Yeah, we are doing a secret Santa in the house. <laughs> so, uh, but we're also going to do a Christmas party as well. We're going to have an office Christmas party, which is basically me, my wife and the dog. Great idea. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and she's already sent the menus out. So... Uh, <laughs> 
And it's a standing joke, actually, because she's a vegetarian. You know, whenever you go anywhere for a Christmas party, it's always risotto for the vegetarian option, nothing else, right? So she's put on there, no bloody risotto, right? So <laughs> she's going to have something. <laughs> I said, no, you should put it on there just for, you know, you know, authenticism, you know, be authentic. <laughs> but there we go. What about the kids then? Are they all set with their Christmas lists all written? I was just thinking how different it was from when I was younger. I used to always just sit with the Argos catalogue and circle yeah. everything you wanted. Not anymore. I've been getting sent links left, right and centre to Amazon and <laughs> everywhere else. They yeah, don't the, even the, do the Argos catalogue anymore, do they? Did they stop that? I'm this not year, sure. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, know. I, think, I don't think they print it anymore. And it's really sad because you're right, Robbie. It was like a, even back in our time, Dave, eh, the Argos catalogue was kind of like oh, yeah. the go-to... You know, that and the Radio Times were the two bits of paper you had in your house. Right? And the RS catalogue at work. Uh, well, of course. <laughs> Just chuck that in the mix. But <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was it was basically, you know, you want to know what you watch on telly every Christmas, you ring everything and, and highlight it and you'd sit down. But also, you got to say, the Yargos catalogue was the Bible here in the UK. You know, for international listeners, it's a, yeah, basically a shop with a catalogue and you, and you pretty much have everything in there, isn't it? Toys, games, yeah, computers. Furniture, um, everything. The lot, you know, uh, everything. But Amazon, basically, uh, a poor version of Amazon, I guess. And um, but wow, I mean, we we all had our own copy. Like, say, you'd ring what you want, and you'd know this months in advance, wouldn't you? Because you were constantly advertised to when you were watching TV. I I have noticed that big difference as well because I remember when my kids were, were really young. And they did watch a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and things like that. And were constantly being advertised to. You'd say, what do you want for Christmas? And the list would be a mile long. And it would be yeah. all of these things that they'd been advertised on the TV that they would use once and then they'd end up in a corner. Whereas now, because they, they basically don't watch TV, if they're watching anything, it's Netflix or Disney Plus. So there's yeah. no adverts there. So no. suddenly for the last, I noticed it starting last year, but especially this year, what do you want for Christmas? Mm, I'm not really too sure. <laughs> And yeah. they actually, they struggle to think. And that's where actually they could do with an Argos catalogue to yeah. to see. But Inspiration. Yeah, it's weird having to try and coax them into, well, have a think. What, what sort of things would you like? What, what what toys haven't you got? What things would you like to play with that you've not got at the minute? I it's think so that's one of the sad things about Toys R Us shutting down, right? Because when our kids were younger, you used to go to Toys R Us, look yeah. around and you'd see stuff. But because... You don't really, you, they don't exist anymore, as we know, and everything's online. It's almost online. impossible to window shop now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, Especially you know, now. Yeah, mm. it's mad, you know. I mean, even if you go to the department store, you go to like John Lewis or whatever, they have a small games area, you know, a small kids sort of you know, toy section, but it's not like it used to be, you know. Um, now, I remember one of my auntie and uncles every year used to get me a trip to Toys R Us as my Christmas present. So <laughs> in January, and actually thinking back to it now, very clever because they got it cheaper. But in January, <laughs> we would basically go get in the car, go to Peterborough, which was the nearest one at the time. Yeah. And I'd have a morning walking around Toys R Us, getting a certain amount of stuff and then go and have a McDonald's and go home. And it was great. <laughs> but yeah, like you say, that just doesn't seem to exist anymore. No. Mind you, I suppose there's a lot that doesn't exist and a lot's changed since then. What are the sort of toys that you asked for when you were younger that you, you can imagine not getting for Christmas? Well, Lego was always on my list. Um, still is on my list. St- still is. I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 it doesn't matter how old you get, it's hard not to be excited by a new Lego kit. Uh, the only problem I've got is that if any Lego comes in a house, my little boy instantly... Uh, sort of beelines for it. He can hear and rattle the <laughs> Lego box from 200 paces. 
Um, and uh, to the point where early this year, I, I went out and bought myself a Lego kit because I thought, you know what? I never get to make my own Lego. Yeah. And I'm old enough now to be able to buy my own Lego kit every now and then. So I went and bought a Lego kit and I had to hide it in my office. And I, once the kids had gone to bed, I could sit down and make my own Lego kit. But that's that's always been on the list. But my I was lucky. My dad always enjoyed making, he was woodworking and, and making stuff. And so because I've always had a, a love for the sea and ships and stuff like that, he'd make me wooden toys. I had a, I remember having a wooden oil rig and I played oh, wow. with my little model yeah. helicopters with it and a, a wooden lifeboat station, the ones with the slipways that you find around the coast. And then the, the, the highlight was one year and I'm, I was trying to work it out earlier and I think I must have been nine. He made me an aircraft carrier that was easily, easily a metre long. Oh, wow. Um, That's amazing. All, all out of wood, uh, plywood and bits, lumps of wood that he had lying around, all painted up. The markings were correct. I mean, I had a big brother who was in the Navy and I was interested in aeroplanes. So it, it all just made sense. So I was really interested in aircraft carriers and, you know, to be honest, I still am. Uh, but it was it was fantastic, this thing. And it had space underneath for my Lego. And I was really lucky from that point. But but yeah, it started out being Lego. Then when I got a bit older, it turned into model kits. So things like I used to do the Tamiya 135th oh, yeah. Lego, uh, sorry, model kits. Um, I haven't bought one of those for ages. I do smaller scale stuff now. But but that was always on the list. And then eventually I got old enough and I got a radio control car. Again, Tamiya. Oh, so you yeah, yeah I had one of those. I had a Hornet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think my, my first was a... a British touring car I can't remember yeah. which one it was but but the the act of actually putting it together so it was like a Lego kit for grown-ups because yeah. you actually had to use screwdrivers and spanners to do it up so I was yeah. you know kind of like Meccano for the modern age so it was all generally stuck all the stuff that was on my Lego well my uh, Christmas lift was was things that you could make although there was one thing that I always wanted that never ever got uh Pete remember this the the game Battleships there oh always, yeah, yeah. They used to be able to buy these plastic battleships kits, um, and there was one that was electronic that would make the 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 <laughs> yes. sound. I remember and I that. I wanted one every year. I wanted one of them. Never got one. Uh, battleships for us was always done on paper, old school. Um, but that that was the thing that was always on my list that I never got. But Lego generally was on the list. I'm sure Do I've you know seen what? one of them recently in John Lewis for about a tenner. So I... <laughs> I think we could stretch to maybe fulfil that dream for you there, Dave. I, I thought you were about Absolutely. to say. It, I thought you were about to say it was on eBay for like two hundred quid. Destroy my dreams. Richard. Do you know? Actually, my kids were playing battleships or with their kids during lockdown. With their sorry, with their friends during lockdown. Over um, so they both had a, a kit each. So they basically one had one side, one had the other, and they did it over their, their laptops. Well, it, well, I suppose yeah, it works because it's you and it works it perfectly. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, and I thought, wow, how how is that sort of an analog game done through a digital world? You know, it's absolutely incredible because you know they're all into Minecraft and that. Actually, more, most recently, they, they, for ages they never even touched it, and now it's Roblox and Minecraft. Oh and, yeah, Roblox all the time. Oh my goodness! And I said, look, and they were playing with Minecraft, and they've had some trouble with the server they were on. And I said, look, I'll build you a server, so I'm going to build them a Minecraft server. So I've got a couple of spare PCs here, so that's going to be another little winter project for me to build my server. And it gets me learning about it as well. But uh, it's really simple to do, actually, to do that. You just download, the, I think, the Java version of the game, and there's a few things you have to do, and you can basically host your own server, and they can invite their friends in. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably end up doing that. But Make so, sure you talk- document that, Pete, because I will be copying you on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll that, do, Minecraft, Minecraft is a Minecraft is an amazing game because it's so universal. 
It's, yes, it, yeah. You can play it on almost any electronic platform. You've got a Switch, you can play it on that. You've got a PC, you've got a PS4. You can Raspberry Pi. You phone, absolutely. Yeah, no, you can, you're right. It is, pla- it's, and it's great. And I think if you use certain versions as well, it's cross-platform, you know. Yeah, so, totally. yeah. Which is great. I mean, you're funny, Dave, you're saying about Lego. My wife, for my birthday back in October, she bought me a Playmobil Batch of the Future kit. Oh, nice. Right, so, and I had to build it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so i've actually got it here on my shelf i'm looking at it now it's amazing it's got an einstein the dog and it's got a, uh, a little a box for the plutonium to go in and dot brown and marty on his skateboard and his little camera and it's got the, the delorean it's absolutely brilliant and i've also got just nearby my lego version of it as well because i bought mm. i built a lego one of it and uh, but you know i'd never had playmobil it took me to almost 50 years old <laughs> to get a playmobil <laughs> kit yeah. and my build cousins, it my cousins always had playmobil but i never did Oh, they, well, there you go. I mean, I think it was one of those things, isn't it? I mean, we were a Lego household like you and Meccano yeah. for a bit, actually. We did have Meccano. Yeah. Uh, in fact, my dad used to have a set of Meccano that we kind and of connect. handed down. Connects, blind me. I don't think I ever had that, oh. but I know what you mean. Yeah, I, know. I do remember that. Was, that was, always, well, it was one that was on my Christmas list for a few years. <laughs> I didn't get it the first couple of years and I eventually got it and it... Yeah, it was worth it for the first couple of hours of playing with it, but it still wasn't quite Lego, so I ended up going back to Lego again. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more fiddly, I think, isn't it? But I mean, I, I, um, for my presence, I mean, I was very much into action figures. I think. I mean, I, I like to build stuff, but I, I had Action Man and all the kit. Yeah. And actually, I remember my dad helping me build a, a tower. We used to, we used to build zip lines for him to go off the top of the. Oh yeah, I uh, in That's the back bedroom, and he's zip lining down into the garden and. We build sorts of things and stuff like that, but but I think for me, um, Evil Knievel was one of my favourite ones. It's like a wind up Evil Knievel, it's and anyone wind up one under... that you held with one hand and wound up with the other, and that's off he it. Went. I and and shoot him off the top of the stairs, and he'd fly down. And I think <clears> it didn't take me long to break him, but <laughs> but uh, and my mate had one, and we used to race them down uh, down between the sides of our houses. We had like some pathways into the garden, and we used to race them uh, and build jumps and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, Evil Knievel, Action Man. And then electronics wise, I mean, Scale Electrics was massive when we were kids. Yeah, you I loved Scale set... Did you ever set one? Yeah, yeah, I had Scale Electrics, yeah. Yeah, I had some too. But that was one of those that definitely it sort of stood the test of time. And I yeah. think it's only really been replaced quite recently by the fact that kids are just playing racing games more and more on computer rather than Scale Electrics. But I, I had it up until probably about the age of 14 or 15. I think I still always remember having Scale Electrics around. Oh, it's great. But it's not the same on the... Because you get the scale you get the smell of, like, the burning, yeah. you know, from the, the track and, you know... Slight danger. Slight danger. And it flies off the end and you can you can build your own tracks, obviously, and stuff. But I, I actually had... Um, I don't know whether it ever took off, but I had a thing called TCR, Total Control Racing, and that was not slot racing. It was... Um, it allowed you to switch lanes and overtake, it, so it's kind of was like it inductive. The, was it? I never, I oh, never had yeah. it. But it was like it was it an in, inductive control, or inductive in a, power rather yeah, than yeah. It was compact. in a very analogy way. So you had like these three sort of tracks that, that, that were electrified, obviously, and then those little brushes on the bottom. Rather than it slot, you know, rather than it having a slot, excuse me, you could basically change lanes by pressing a button. It would just jump across, mm. so you could go around people and stuff. So yeah, it was. It was it was sort of conductive in a way, I guess, but not um, in the digital kind of format, if you like. But yeah, it was no, I, great. Um, I remember it being advertised. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah you like, said you said about figures, though. I just gone back occasionally. That I did, went for a short, a short period of of using of having Star Wars figures. Oh right, um, yeah, we had a, know, a few. And there are I know there are people out there who went completely into the whole thing. Yeah, my wife um, was one of them. Um, and I, oh, they're right. now worth I, a fortune. Yeah, if you get a decent one, especially if it's packet, yeah, you can you can 
retire on them, can't you? Um, oh, I had okay. a few, and they got battered, and it was it was just another toy. I did like Star Wars. I was I had a friend who was really into it, and it was all right, but it, it wasn't quite the same as the stuff that I was playing with. Well, if you're interested in Star Wars and Lego, then keep your eye on the Design Spark Twitter account over the next couple of weeks because there's a um, big Star Wars Lego set that's being given away. Ooh. I'm not going to tell you which day. But <laughs> it <will be> on there. <laughs> oh my god! And yet, and the other thing, obviously, just to get in there because it's probably one of my favourite toys of all time was my Atari Twenty Six Hundred. You know, Atari Twenty Six Hundred for me, my first sort of games console. Um, in fact, well, yeah, my first games console at all, you know, and with the cartridges was just for me my kind of start in the gaming world. Right, that's how I started gaming. You know, my mate had it, it was, next it, door. It was, got it was the start for many, wasn't it? it was yeah, the I, iconic, the iconic gaming platform to have because yeah. it kind of brought the arcade into your home, right? It was, mm. and I was probably too young to go to an arcade when I first got it because I was probably only had an eight or nine. And then, you know, not long after, you know, I was getting sort of, you know, just late into primary school and early secondary school was probably, you know, these sort of arcade years, you know, sort of the early 80s. So, but yeah, wow, that was, that for me, I always remember that. Was it as hard to get hold of as a PlayStation 5? No. (laughs) I was, um, no, yeah. We're trying to get one for my nephew. My sister has said, yep, you can have one, but basically she forgot to well he told her too late to be able to pre-order it and obviously the stock has been non-existent ever since i've noticed on a couple of days i think argos managed to get some at three o'clock in the morning and sold out within an hour i don't know who was checking at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) but yeah there's um again it's another thing that i I never quite remember i mean i i remember from games console point of view i remember getting the playstation one for christmas i remember getting a Game Boy and then a Game Boy Color for Christmas. Yeah, wow. And I never remember there being such difficulty to get hold of them as there are now, which it's just gone on and on. I suppose now there's more and more people trying to to play them. It wasn't quite so popular, I suppose, when we were younger. No, no. But then I there think were again, other things. There were other things you couldn't get hold of, weren't they? Furbies, for example. Furbies. I remember the year that, one. that you couldn't get hold of Furbies, or the year you couldn't get hold of Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. See, Buzz Lightyear. I remember that one well because I. That was the year I'd gone out, I'd went to Florida and we were, I think it was around about September time and Toy Story 1 had just come out and we, there was a huge Disney fair on in the hotel that we were staying in, not even at, at Disney, but in the hotel and I managed to get a Buzz Lightyear, one of the very first Buzz Lightyears. Wow. And I didn't realise how big of a deal it was until it came to the Christmas a few months later and nobody could get one. And at that point, that was on the first, my, my entrepreneurial head was going, I wonder how much I could sell this for. <laughs> and I must have only been maybe 10, 9 or 10. But yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. I kept hold of it. And I, I think I've still got it, actually. That could be worth a few quid. Well, I, so, I, mean, I think in our day, Dave, when electronics toys were quite expensive and they weren't all that really. Well, they weren't great, were they? Yeah. And I remember getting things as well, like Etch-A-Sketch, which was completely pointless. Oh, yeah. did, I mean, what did you do with Etch-A-Sketch? You just drew a few lines and you see on, you know, on the adverts, they're drawing like, you know, Mona Lisa's. <laughs> And you're like, yes. how did you do that? Yeah. You know, there so, must be about five people in the world who are able to use the thing as as well as that. Exactly. And everybody else is literally I accidentally stood on one the other day. <laughs> well, an Etch-A-Sketch. As, as useful can you as still get them? Yeah, my, my youngest had a frozen Etch-A-Sketch. And oh yeah, goodness. again, it was it was only handy to do. Like she, she could do very basic stuff as a few lines. But as you say, I don't think there's many people in the world that have got the skill set to be able to do that. 
No, no. that and Rubik's Cubes, and they were all sort of big cube. in our day. Yeah, and again, I could never do it. You just spend for hours. Just, you end up peeling the stickers off, then you do it. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, back. so the um, the girl that I'd sit next to at work, Erin, she, she's still, I think she's 19, and yeah. she can complete a Rubik's Cube in around about, I think it took her just over a minute and a half. Oh, my goodness, really? And I even it's tried to run. trick her by giving her a a sort of special edition design spark mechanical one <laughs> all of the sides look very similar she still managed to do it it's all oh, based wow. on the just all on the movements isn't it certain counting each way but yeah, yeah I, mean, I was there impressed. got to the point there i was more impressed she'd heard of a rubik's cube never mind the fact that she could <laughs> complete it but well, here's a name go. for you pete that you'll probably remember i think you mentioned it last week's big track Oh my goodness, the Big hi- Track, the yeah. Height, the height of sophistication. For those who don't know, Big Track was, it was a, a, like a robot buggy with, I think, six wheels. Yep. And you could program it to move forward and sideways. But compared to now, you can do more on a phone with your eyes shut <laughs> than this thing. But at the time, that was the height of sophistication. There was a robot that you could program, and it would move around your living room and annoy everybody, and it make noises and all sorts of stuff. People, boop, boop, and it like that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it just gives you an idea of how technology's moved on. And my kids would look at that and go, "Really? You want me to play with that? Uh, it, it's amazing." You Absolutely. know what? It's a bit like we've got these things called Sphero that we actually we sell at RS, and the, and the the team who do the STEM use it quite a lot in schools, and that is a ball, a bit like a BB-8, that is the same idea as Big Track. You basically use your phone to drag and drop, like go forward, so many, so many spaces, turn left, 90 degrees, whatever, and all this. And you basically lay out the code, if you like, and then you press go and off it goes and it does its thing. And that's the same as what Big Track was. You just put in like, go yeah, forward, 10 exactly. spaces, yeah. make a beepy sound, go right. So it's the same thing, but it's evolved obviously to have your smartphone in it. It is very so, cool as well. Have yeah. you seen that yeah. they actually have got the BB-8 version of that as well? Yeah, I have. I've not played with one, but that's no, very, I've not very seen cool. that one. They've sold out everywhere when I was trying to look, but they are very, very cool. Yeah, but, they are good. Yeah, it's crazy how how quickly it's all just moved on. But the the basis of a lot of the, those things are still the same. Yeah. Except the one thing I did notice that's very different. I was thinking about it the other day. Was the way that I always used to have. I was looking back at sort of what things have I had for Christmas over the years when I was a child. And again, it's something that was brought up in one of our previous episodes about music. You were talking about the now that's what I call music. Yes. Oh, yeah. CDs. Yeah. I used to get one of them every year without fail for Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. sort of the gift of music and DVDs is kind of a dying art form because totally. I, I could always guarantee if I wasn't sure what to get somebody, oh, I know they like this artist or I know that they like this film and I'll, I can go and buy them a, a video or a DVD or a CD. Now it's it's like wasted because everybody's got Spotify, Netflix, everything yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I found the other day, yeah. I, I was going through my, my DVD collection. I still have got a DVD collection. <laughs> I still haven't got around to doing my, my Plex server yet. Um, but I was going through that and I've, I've actually found three or four DVDs that are still brand new in their packaging that I've received for Christmas over the last few years. Comedians and things like that, that I really did want. I actually managed to find them quicker through another platform. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I've just bought myself a just throw in the mix an Nvidia Shield Pro. I don't know if you've heard of this, but yeah. it's so talking about you can run a Plex server on it. So they are a couple of hundred quid. They're not cheap, but they do upscale all your SD content to uh, HD. So the okay. problem with DVDs is, is that they're st- I mean, DVDs just look so crisp and amazing when you first <laughs> got them, but when you had your 25-inch CRT widescreen, right, back in the day. <laughs> but now you run an SD, you know, version of a DVD into a, you know, a 47-inch 
t- telly, it looks crap. Yeah. Right. So you these things actually have got a built-in upscaler, so they can upscale. So once you've written your your um, SD copy, you can actually upscale it, so it's almost HD, which is really really good. So, but you can also stream your um, if you've got like um, an Nvidia graphics card in your computer, like I've got, you can actually. Uh, I believe, and I've not looked into, but I believe you can use that to stream across to your NVIDIA console, so you can play your games onto the uh, on your telly in the, in the other room. Oh, cool! Right, and you can also play games off your, I think your Steam account or the NVIDIA account or whatever. So, I've got to play with that bit, um, but I mainly bought it because I needed to build a new uh, server. Um, and actually, the, that, that computer now can be my Minecraft server. Uh, but you know, they're they're really good. I think the scaling thing is that it would be would be really cool. So it's worth a look at if you're uh, if you're after something that can do as a media center and also gaming. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's just a strange one because I think, like you said, it, you do start to notice it the poor quality of the DVDs in comparison. I mean, I've yeah. I've got I've still got a few Blu-rays that I play on the PlayStation every now and again, but yeah. everything else is on DVD. And it's like, it doesn't feel worth the hassle. I mean, I've managed to find, I would say, 95% of the films that I've got on another platform, on one of the many subscriptions that I pay. So it's like, it gets to that point where you think, how worthwhile is it to do? But again, it's that whole case of owning it versus not owning it. Yeah, I think it's a different model now, isn't it? You think about music, like you were saying earlier. I don't buy music now. I stream everything on Spotify. I've got my music catalogue that I built into my Plex server so i've ripped all of those dvds but they're there but yeah, having that at your fingertips just the world's music on, on on spotify is just amazing and why would you want to go and buy music now because i mean for me especially i listen to a, i love music i listen to a few tracks you get bored and then you go and listen to something else right um and it's almost a waste of a, you know 10 quid for a cd you know when yeah. you could just keep you know you imagine how many cds you can buy compared to what a spotify subscription is right so yeah. it's just it's just different times isn't it I mean, uh, make yourself the ultimate mixtape, isn't it? it, Imagine all the problems you used to have if you wanted to make your own mixtape to play in the car. This is uh, tapes, kids, tapes, (laughs) physical things you put in the car that had that had reels of tape on them. Uh, You'd sit there for hours taking out one tape and tracking, uh, 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 recording that into another one. Then you've got to stop that. Go yeah. and find the other one to, and it's nowadays you can make a playlist in about thirty seconds with well, yeah. almost any music you can find anywhere in the world from anybody, including yeah. a really obscure stuff that you wouldn't be able to find in the DVD CD record store back in the day. And actually, like I was saying, the, the with the sort of now music CD that I would receive every Christmas, that was always the best music from across the year wasn't it generally and it would come out just in time for christmas but now i don't even have to do that i actually get my own personalized version of that because spotify every december in fact i received mine yesterday they send you a personalized playlist to say this is what you've listened to this year i just got that today yeah so it's great and suddenly it automatically creates the playlist for you and you've got all of the songs that you already listened to so i don't even have to pay for it extra on top of what i'm doing it's it's insane but it's, it's great. I mean, it, it has completely changed it. I mean, the one thing I did notice, again, going through sort of Christmas lists with the kids was the one area that still hasn't really changed, and I, I don't know if it's just my kids or just in general, they still love a board game. And yeah. I'm surprised that they haven't quite been overtaken. I know the likes of Monopoly have, have tried to do a sort of credit card version and things, and they're trying to yeah. make it now a bit more interactive. Um, I know that my daughter, my eldest, she'd actually asked for a Pictionary this year for Christmas, but it was a, oh, wow. a different version than I'd ever seen. So it was like a an interactive pen, and you hold up your iPad, and through AR, the picture displays while they're drawing in the air. 
But other than that, it's always very sort of traditional board games. Analog. Yeah. yeah. And I th- there's something that's just quite wholesome and very Christmassy, I think, about that. Playing yeah. a few board games and a few different games sort of on Christmas is part of the day yeah. for me I and totally my agree. family. Board games, we're a massive board game fan. Funny enough, actually, this last few weeks with the the evening, trying to get the kids away from playing Roblox and Minecraft every night with their friends, we've decided to stop playing Trivial Pursuit. And we've got an adult and kids version that's in one box. So the kids get kids questions and we get adult questions. Mm. And uh, they're actually really enjoying it. I mean, sometimes a bit of Uno, a bit of Barbie Uno. Love Uno. (laughs) A bit of Uno. (laughs) Gets really quite messy in our play, especially when you're doing the the slamming bit when you've got... (laughs) But uh, and it's great, and and I think as well, getting the kids to read the cards, and you know, they're, they're actually reading stuff, and you know, helping them pronounce some of the things that they wouldn't have normally, you know, been able to. And it's just great, you know. We we love that. And board games, I think there's something, like you say, nostalgic about them, but also there's some really good fun fun family value to have there, isn't there? As well? the, I mean, the, we tried last board. Christmas to try to do a sort of an alternative quiz, and a lot of the sort of things that we've been using this year to sort of the technology to try and do quizzes remotely we were trying to use some of that last year but my nan was not getting the hang of it at all there was no way she was going to be able to go so we were just reverted back to pen and paper in the end but yeah i think sometimes you've just got to go back to that traditional way of doing things it's something very nice and wholesome about it and it's it's worth saying that the the board game market or the board game industry is absolutely not dead there's it's a huge market over in, in europe and it doesn't just have to be Monopoly or Scrabble or whatever. Um, we've got a couple of games. We've got one game, it's very simple, the kids love it, called Labyrinth, which is just the, the simplest game in the world in terms of its rules, but they love playing it. But there's some really complex board games out there that no hint of technology to them. It's all cardboard counters or little wooden counters and a nice cardstock board with some of them are fiendishly complex. Um, but yeah, some really cracking stuff out there. If, if you're interested in games and you want to get the kids away from the screens, there's something for absolutely everybody out there if you go looking for it hard enough. It's time now for In Pursuit of Dispute, the time of the show where we all agree to disagree on any given geeky subject. So to fit in with our theme... What is your favourite Christmas film, guys? Yeah, it really well, depends. I, we, I'm, I'm firmly in the in the uh, the realms of like liking a good wholesome family movie, um, and I've been thinking about this, and I asked my wife about it, and the one we watch every year since it's come out is Love Actually. Yeah. Oh yes, I love that. That's movie. always a, a putting the tree up film in our house. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's just something about it. It's it's got everybody you love in it it's got all the you know the, the iconic actors of the time in it the jokes are still funny it doesn't matter how many times you see it um and there's bits in it that you you weep and you know you watch emma thompson doing that little bit where she yeah. doesn't say a word but you you can see this is another geeky subject who's your favorite actors emma thompson's just awesome but the whole film just everything about it it's got your your little bit of rowan atkinson in it it's got your, uh, proper theatrical would you like a gift wrap yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly no more holly um but no it's just a cracking film and every year we'll watch it every single year um it's just, yeah. just been brilliant for us see i still can't oh, no. get past home alone home alone for me is the one that i know it's christmas when that comes on 
And actually, I think probably Home Alone 2 over Home Alone 1 as well, just because it's in New York. And it it's always made me want to go to New York for Christmas. But yeah, I, I just love them films. And then a bit like you, Dave, in that it's a, definitely a, a wholesome Christmas film. It's one that I probably enjoy just as much now in my 30s as I did when I was sort of seven, eight years old. And it's one of those that it doesn't matter what age the, the kids are, they love it as well. Well, do you know what? Yeah. I, I, I do love both of those films. I must admit, I really do. But I guess for me, uh, I really love Christmas Vacation with uh, Chevy Chase, right? That That is, again, the, one the of the ones lampoons. in the house. National Lampoons. Christmas yeah. Vacation. Uh, it's either that or... I, and I, But, you know, there's another two here that are kind of controversial, whether they're, they're Christmas films or not, right? So Die Hard... Right, mm. you know, it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber's fallen off the Nakatomi building, you know, and I do like a bit of Die Hard at Christmas, and I know some people would disagree with it see, being see a that, Christmas that, film. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it a Christmas film, or is it simply a film set at Christmas time? <laughs> that is, that's the thing. It's not to my to my mind. I'll put my hand up here. To my mind, that's not a Christmas movie. That's like saying Jaws is a movie about going on your summer holidays. <laughs> it's not about a shark. Um, it to me, it's not a Christmas movie, but that, I know that's a controversial opinion to have. Yeah, I, well, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess Iron Man three is another one which is set at Christmas. Then is not <laughs> a Christmas thing. film, but it's technically a Christmas film. The same one. My wife will say it's a Christmas film because she's a mad Iron Man fan. <laughs> and then um, Gremlins as well. I Gremlins guess Gremlins definitely. two. Is it Gremlins or Gremlins two? I can't remember. It's Gremlins two. Yeah. Although going back to Die Hard, I remember reading something about that before, and somebody has actually been through with a fine tooth comb to say, is it a Christmas movie or not? <laughs> and actually the word Christmas appears 18 times in the script. So they've, from that, they're saying it is a Christmas film. There's Christmas music in it. There's the word Christmas is said multiple times. Yeah. There are a lot of different references. There's Christmas trees. There's Christmas decorations. Well, there you go. It, so you is know, number two. So is Die Hard 2. But yeah. is the story about Christmas or is it about getting the bad guy? It's about it's... somebody's Christmas. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Right, I'll, take your point. I'll, take, I'll take your point on that. So, yeah, so the point. other one is Trading Places, right? Which is probably oh, quite an inappropriate film in this day and age, right? But it is absolutely hilarious, oh, right? I love and, that film. Oh, my goodness. And that is set, I guess, you know what? That's more, probably more of a New Year, New Year film, actually. I've been thinking about yeah. it because that's where they go on the train and, and it's obviously New Year and every New Year's party. But I don't know. I guess for me, if I had to choose one, I would probably have to choose right now National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because I absolutely love that and I've even got a t-shirt um, for that as well and so yeah that that for me is probably my favourite but you know Die Hard for me is a Christmas movie Are there any <laughs> films that other yeah. people in your house or other people generally tend to really like and you don't rate at all as a Christmas film? Oh my goodness uh... my wife loves White Christmas right and I find it can really really dull but the last bit is really good. So it's like a three-hour film or something, and the best bit is in the last 20 minutes. The rest of it is pretty dull, I think. And I'll probably get shot for that by a lot of people. But for me, yeah, I just find that extremely dull. And I've never watched, and every year I say I must watch it, I've never watched It's a Wonderful Life. No, me no, either, we funnily either. enough. No, and it's supposed either. to be the best Christmas film of all time, and I've never watched it, and I I'm must watch it I'm told that year. every year by my dad, and we're also told that by the in-laws, but... I've never seen it either. It's one of those yeah. I always mean to get round to watching, but I think there's just that yeah. many Christmas films yeah. now. Yeah. And especially, oh, like so we many. said, with access to everything. There's, yeah. I mean, we've we've watched since, I think, maybe the 15th or 16th of November this year, we've watched a Christmas film at least one every day. Yeah. Wow. And 
we've still got so many that we've not watched yet, or ones that we're purposely saving for yeah. nearer to Christmas. The Nativity so we, movies are great. The Nativity, see, this is <laughs> the, the one for me. The first one, yeah, is great. The and they get progressively great. worse as you get <laughs> yeah, through. Exactly. The only <laughs> good thing about number three is the song, Hey Dude, Where's My Donkey? Other than that, <laughs> the, no, the rest of the film is terrible. Yeah. It's one of those things that, that they shouldn't have mucks around with after the first one the same with the matrix i know this is not christmas same with the matrix movies the first matrix movie was groundbreaking oh, and fantastic and the other two just simply shouldn't have been made it uh, it's just one of those things if you oh, want you... if you want wall-to-wall christmas um and i i have no shame in admitting this that we like <laughs> a good a good uh popcorn movie if you've ever seen a hallmark movie they're all the same. They're all exactly the same. Boy meets girl, and they have a slight disagreement, but they end up together in the end. And you can pretty much <laughs> interchange the script from one to the other. There is a Hallmark channel on Amazon Prime. It oh, is right. wall-to-wall movies that are all based... It's very wholesome, very American, very uh, very small-town America with uh, apple pie. And there's no shame in that whatsoever. But they make Christmas movies. They make... I don't know how many they make. They must make a dozen a year. <laughs> You can quite happily go a month and watch two or three Christmas movies a night from the Hallmark Channel. They're all the same. Don't get me wrong. The, same the, plot. The actors, <laughs> same, same plot. The characters might have changed. The uh, locations might have changed. But the plot's pretty much the same. And you know what's going to happen at the end of it. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, sometimes a little bit of familiarity and a little bit of heartwarming uh, love story doesn't do anybody any harm. I think my kids will love those. I'll let them know that because they've been watching the ones of like Vanessa Hudgens, you know, used to be oh, yeah, the musical. Oh, yeah, exactly Princess. That. That's yeah. the Christmas one. Christmas Princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah Christmas I had princesses. them last week. I had, I had <laughs> yeah. to endure them where <laughs> she plays all three characters. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what for me, though? The one that actually we watch every Christmas Eve and it's a tradition now for us without fail, Arthur Christmas. Have you ever seen Arthur Christmas? See, I'm a bit like that now with Polar Express. Oh, Arthur Christmas. Polar Express, of course. Yeah, Arthur Christmas is good, but actually, so weirdly, I'd never seen Polar Express until really? two years ago. And we oh. went to Cadbury's World in Birmingham yeah. and they had a 4D experience. Just it was there mid, I think we were mid December, we were there, just happened yeah, to have all the Christmas yeah. stuff. So they did a 4D experience and it was um, Polar Express. And it was the scene wow. where they're all drinking hot chocolate and the song. Oh, but they hot, were putting the yeah. yeah, so they were putting the aroma of the hot chocolate from Cadbury's oh, through wow. and it, yeah, that since then it's just made me think that needs to be watched. So we watched that for the last oh, two years. Christmas Eve film, with a hot chocolate. Oh my that film and in Blu ray. <laughs> that film in Blu-ray and in, in surround sound is absolutely incredible. You know, the, if you've got a big screen Blu-ray and a surround sound, like you say, that hot chocolate scene, wow. Yeah. That, that, that is just incredible, the experience you get from that with the, the, the audio and the, uh, the picture. So, uh, yeah, well, there we, we go. We've got, a new, we've got a new tradition in this house. Um, there's a film released about two, three years ago called Christmas Chronicles. Yes. Oh, you have not seen that yet. Neither have I. That's on it's my number list. number two now. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell with Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell is Santa. Um, and he's put him in a comedy role. He's awesome. And it's just, it's loads and loads of fun. Um, things go wrong for Santa. A couple of kids have to help him out. It's genuinely funny. It is lovely and heartwarming. There's absolutely nothing in it that your kids can't watch. And um, the number two has just been released on Netflix, I think it is. Um, and we have a tradition of watching a Christmas movie on Christmas Eve. So we all get a new set of Christmas pyjamas and we sit down on the sofa with some popcorn, us and the kids. And my little boy, who's nine and a half, he 
cannot wait to watch Christmas Chronicles 2. He knows he's going to wait till Christmas wow. Eve. Oh, right. He's okay. quivering with excitement to watch this. <laughs> It, 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 the first one is hilarious. It's very, very funny. It's very well made. There's nothing groundbreaking in it. It's just a nice, good movie. And Kurt Russell's very funny. So, is it like uh, the Santa Claus? Sort yeah. Of. Well, well, he yeah, he's Santa Claus, and I think he's. But as in I've, the one with Tim Tim Allen, you know that Santa. Oh, Claus. That, a great yeah. film as well. See, yeah, Tim Allen's funny as well. So that's a good that's a good movie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I have a feeling we could probably end up doing this for about an hour and a half. We're not disagreeing <laughs> on much, are we? We're just all no, we're like not. Christmas films. I Except think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lose friends. I've got an opinion, but I'm not going to lose friends on that argument. He's got an opinion. It's wrong, but he's got an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's time now for the final section of the show, Geek of the Week, as we put forward our nominations. So Dave, would you like to go first this week? Uh, yeah, I will. And uh, this one to me is fairly obvious. Bear in mind, Lego's played such an enormous part in my, well, I won't say my childhood, but it still plays a part in my life now. Um, and still plays an enormous part in my kid's life, my little boy especially. The guy who invented Lego, Ole Kirk Christensen, uh, a bit of a Danish genius from what I understand, started out as a carpenter. Um, and then worked out the the design for the iconic Lego brick, and everything that we see now has come from that spark of of amazing genius at the time. Um, and I know Lego went through some tough times, and then they started doing things like branded Lego, the Star Wars Lego. I think, from what I understand, was the shot in the arm that the Lego group needed. And now they are all conquering global heroes. Mm. So Erle Kirk Christensen, he's not with us anymore, but to me at christmas lego is such a big part of it and if we didn't have that then you know i think we'd be missing out mm, i'd agree okay so for me i guess um funny enough something i stumbled across today um if you've ever been to disney or any of the disney parks i guess in the last few years they've got these thing called magic bands that you wear around your wrist that allow you to get into the park and book your fast pass rides and stuff yeah and of course, Disney at Christmas again, well magical, right? Very magical. I've never totally. been at Christmas, I'd love to go. But he's basically hacked one of these magic bands to control his Christmas lights. So there's a great article on Hacks.io, I think it came on today. And it literally is how to take your magic band, hack it, and basically build an interface using an Arduino to be able to control your Christmas lights on and off right and play music you can basically do all sorts of stuff you put the arduino in you can put all sorts of stuff into it you're basically triggering it's like a switch in effect isn't it but i mean it's really cool we've got three or four of them in the house um and i'm going to see if i can find mine and if i get a chance over the holidays i might see if i can knock something together but uh that was a pretty cool hack and that's a guy called jeremy cook and he's done that um so he's my geek of the week and he's posted that on the, um, the hackster website and it's called DIY Magic Band Reader brings a bit of the Disney Park magic into your home for Christmas. So, yeah, that's mine. And mine is kind of nameless because I don't know the individual people behind it, but I felt like it deserved a mention this week. So the vaccine has finally been approved for use in the UK. So my geeks of the week would be the, the people who worked on it for Pfizer um, and, and managed to finally get a vaccine that seems to be working for COVID-19 because... We all know that's dominated this this year of 2020. Yeah. So, on the last episode of the year, I think it, it only um, that they deserve that. So, yeah, that would be can't my, argue my with nomination. That. I can't argue with that. There's been people around the world who've probably gone without sleep for months to try and f fix that problem, um, and I, I think we all should be blooming grateful to them. Yeah, 
Okay. I I, th- I think for me, just think about it, I, I I love the Lego. I think Lego is a timeless classic that I hope is with us for many, many, many generations to come. And I think it's something that helps inspire, you know, kids and young engineers and creativity and building things. And, you know, there's a very analog aspect to it, but actually you can build in that digital aspect to it as well. They do have the, things like the Mindstorm and what don't they? So I just think, yeah, for me, I think Lego is just probably one of the best toys of all time. So my, my vote would probably go to Dave's Lego uh, vote. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that as well. I think we've we've all spoken at length before about just how much Lego has meant to us over the years and the fact that we all still buy Lego now. I mean, Dave, you mentioned earlier <laughs> that um, you, you now feel like you're old enough to buy your own Lego set. I'd like to know what age that is because I, I need to make sure that I can go and buy my first Lego set. <laughs> I, I don't think it's an age. I think it's just going to be a, a realisation that Hey, you don't have to ask anybody's permission anymore. <laughs> You're old enough and big enough to go out and buy a Lego kit. Plus, we've got the added advantage that we kind of look like dads. So if you go into a shop and buy yourself some Lego, <laughs> nobody's going to think it's for you. They're going to think it's for your little one. The fact that it's secretly for you, nobody needs to know. Yeah, I'm still getting over the looks of disappointment from people last Christmas when I managed to get the, the Lego set of the Leeds United Stadium which was around about 6,000 pieces. And I was sat there between Christmas and New Year for at least a couple of hours a night doing that. And yeah, I didn't realise at the time I was having photos and videos posted to my entire family at the time to say, look how sad he is. He's supposed to be a grown man. So I still haven't quite got over that to buy myself a set yet, but I'm sure I will soon. Still use the kids as an excuse. Yeah. So was it Ollie Kirk Christensen? You guys have both voted for him. Yeah, there we go. That's it. We'll this it. week's Geek of the Week. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode. Thank you once again for tuning in. And thank you for tuning in to all of the episodes so far this year. If you enjoyed this episode, please do three nice things for us. Subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share with a friend. For more episodes and bonus content, head to designspot.com forward slash podcasts. And we'll see you all again next year. Have a fantastic Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone.